Welcome to the Whiskey and Roll Podcast. I'm Ben with me. It's David. How are you doing today, David? Doing all right. All right. And today we're going to be reviewing a, I guess you could call it a super group. I don't know that I'd go that far, but it's a collaboration between four independent singer-songwriters, one of whom we did an episode on that I apparently lost, the Panhandlers. <laughs> Yeah, um, the reason they call they call this a supergroup is because in the Texas music scene they're all pretty well known. I guess uh, only two of them I'm familiar with. That's about to say I've only heard of two of them. So, <laughs> but they are William Clark Green, Cleto Cordero, which I love that name, Josh Abbott, and John Bauman. Yeah, the two that I'm familiar with are Josh Abbott and John Bauman. Yeah, same. They're. Uh, and honestly, I'm not a fan of either guy, what I've heard. Yeah, um, we did not, I mean, we didn't shit on the album, but we didn't have the best things in the world to say about the John Bauman solo album that we did. So I don't know that it's necessarily that big a loss that we couldn't find yeah. it. I mean, it, it's it's like a lot of the current, a lot of the Texas music, to me, sounds like 90s mainstream country. Whether you, I mean, whether you're talking about Josh Abbott or John Bauman or Wade Bowen or Randy Rogers, that's that's what it reminds me of. It's yep. just that that '90s mainstream <clears throat> stuff. And, Pretty much. Uh, and honestly, I you know I don't like any of those guys' solo stuff as much as we enjoyed the Wade Bowen and Randy Rogers duet album. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty much it exactly. Um, but for this album, it is. They call themselves the Panhandlers, and it is a self-titled debut. Came out on March 6th of 2020, so this year has a runtime of 42 minutes and 22 seconds. You would think with those four guys who are called singer-songwriters that they would have played the music on the album. Apparently, they did not. Oh, and this also came out on Motel Time Music, which is a cool name for an album. It was The engineer for this album was Steve Mauser. The mastering was done by Dave McNair. Richard Bowden played the fiddle. Caitlin Butts provided the background vocals. Austin Davis played the banjo. Scott Davis played the bass and the organ. Jimmy Hartman also played bass. Trevor Nealwin played keys. Jeff Queen played pedal steel, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, and the doboro. Jay Saldana played drums and percussion. Josh Serrato played the electric guitar and also some acoustic guitar. And Preston Waite played fiddle. whole bunch of musicians on this album there is it's lush <laughs> sounding i mean you can tell it's, that there's yeah, a lot yeah. of... it's a good sounding album yeah um i'll give the producer credit it's a good sounding album of course yeah yeah um, i come into this album with not very high hopes like i said because i'm not a fan of the people that i knew of in the group but man <laughs> Right off the start, West Texas in my eye, I thought it was a great track. So they were, I was like, okay, you know. Yeah, um, that probably is the best song on the album. So they chose it wisely to be the lead single or whatever. Is it the first track on the album? Yep. 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 And and the opening track on the album. Um, this was an out, and the first one that I, of theirs that I heard, cause it was actually right after we did John Bauman. Because I saw that he was in a group, so I looked it up, and I listened to 
what song was that? It wasn't West Texas in my eye. I think it was this flat hand, Flatland Life, which is the second track, and it's not bad either. No, another good track. And uh, how do you skip down to the fourth track? Panhandle Slim. I thought that was a great song. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, this album is way better than the stuff I've heard from those two guys solo. <laughs> definitely so. Um, I found listening to this to be an odd experience, and I don't know if it's just because uh, of all the other shit I've had to do. Um, I've been covered up with editing for like my actual job um, this last couple weeks, and I don't know if it was that, but I couldn't listen to this more than a couple of tracks at a time. I'd be like, man, this is a good song. Oh, this is okay. Because the longer I listened to it, the less, you know, the album, the longer I listened to the album, the more they started to kind of sound the same to me. And I was just yeah. like, ah. Like I, I'm going to stop that. here and come back to it. And then I'd be like, oh, that's a cool song. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're similar styles. And yeah, I could see that. It, it I could see how this would be one of those albums that would be better with it popping up a song here and there randomly. Yeah. It, in your playlist. And, but I've made that complaint about Jason Isbell. So, <laughs> that's a very fair point. You have made that complaint about Jason Isbell, and I've never felt that way about Jason Isbell. But I did this, and I think it's just, and I don't want to say it's because it's so slickly produced, because we've done a lot of really slickly produced albums. Um, but it's that once again, like I said about that Texas, that Texas country sound. Yeah, where it's kind of the '90s mainstream, whereas this is—I wouldn't call this quite quite as '90s mainstream. This is almost like the uh, Chris Ledoux '90s it's, mainstream. Yeah, you know? it very much reminds me of Chris Ledoux. You know? Yeah, for Chris, real. They're all yeah. better singers than Chris Ledoux was, but yeah, he was a better songwriter, I think, than any of these four guys are. At least, <laughs> <laughs> but. You're right. It's that that sound, and I, and as much as I, I respected Chris Ledoux as a songwriter, I couldn't listen to an entire album of his stuff at one time either. So yeah, agreed. But yeah, that's kind of what it made me think of was uh was kind of that Chris Ledoux '90s sound rather than the actual '90s mainstream stuff that yeah. most of the Texas music is these days. What was alt country? Yeah, yeah. The 90s. yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> that's a great comp. So it's still, you know, still a little mainstream sounding, but not. <laughs> That's probably what it was. It's, it's it's so close to the mainstream that it felt like I was listening to terrestrial radio and I just had to stop <laughs> before a bad song came on. Which, yeah, I mean, there there's West Texas in my eye, Panhandle Slim, West Texas Girl. There's some standout tracks on this album. I didn't know enough of these guys' individual work to see to know who was singing what in the songs. Oh yeah, um, I I kind of recognize John Bauman a little bit and Josh Abbott a little bit, but I, I I'm not sure about the other two guys. I'm gonna check. I want to check out some of their solo stuff though. Yeah. I want to see if uh, if they're more of the mainstream stuff or if they're closer to this kind of stuff when they do their their other stuff. That's a good question. I don't know. The uh, especially with touring the way it is now, because you would think that they would just all four go on tour, 
and do a panhandler set with them rotating who was opening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they would rotate who's opening or not. Josh Abbott might be the headliner every night. Okay. I think he. I think he's the most well known out of the bunch. They would probably bring somebody with them just to be an opener, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Right. But yeah. them rotate everybody else except maybe Josh Abbott rotating where they're at. Otherwise. Yeah. You're playing second tonight, and you're playing third. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. You know, in the take hell when it comes to that Texas music scene, there are guys down there selling out shows that we've never heard of. Oh yeah. So, so they might have a they might know hey you're, you're first you're second you're third <laughs> well, that's true i mean well think about it we we talked about a couple of them last time Vincent neil emerson and joshua Ray walker i mean both of those guys are out of that texas scene and they're apparently busting ass down there yeah i mean they're uh, well hell jason Bowen's another guy yeah he was selling he was selling out shows all the time down in texas and then he finally started kind of spreading out and trying to do more you know, when he comes to Nashville, he's playing a little little bar that seats 200 people, you know. Right. Well, I mean, fuck, the guy that we started this podcast off with, Paul Cawthon. I mean, he's kind of like that. Yeah. Had made a name for himself out there and then kind of went national. Yep. Which I guess, you know, if you're going <laughs> to if you're going to be big in a, a, a state, Texas probably just about <laughs> the best one other than maybe California just because of this just the sheer number of people. And yeah. I seen somebody talking about about Texas, and they were like, you know, if you kind of live in the center of the state, you can go a couple hours from you and never leave the state. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's very true. That's yeah. very true. That's that's the thing about America. Because <laughs> there's a couple places like that. Because I mean, you know, living where you live and where I'm from down there in Kentucky, you can't do that except for in one direction. But if you lived in the middle of the state, you could go east or west and it'd take you hours to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was always one of the good things about where, yeah, you know, where, where I live is you could drive a couple of hours in a few different directions to find concerts to go to. Yeah. Yeah. You could hit, Nashville, Sykeston, and uh, St. Louis pretty easy. St. Louis, Louisville, Memphis, yeah. you know. <clears throat> Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, Cincinnati even wasn't too far. No, just a, about an hour away from Louisville, so not too bad at all. Once you've committed to make that drive. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know how, though. If they'll ever tour this out, or I just kind of wonder, and I have no idea. I don't know how well this sold. Uh, it seemed to get a lot of positive press when I was Googling it to try and find who the producers were. They've got a professional-looking website that for themselves and Rolling Stones articles and God Save Country Music and all kinds of shit. Well, the problem is, is it came out in March, and then everything shut down not long after that, so... yeah. You know, that is also very true. It's kind of COVID's kind of shit on the music industry. Yeah, it has. <laughs> the Texas supergroup, the Panhandlers, offers wide open spaces for a suffocating moment. 
All right. You say so. <laughs> imperfectly perfect debut album. Good Lord, they got a lot of press. Imperfectly perfect. Yeah, that's what that one said. I don't know what You're, they meant by it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure either. The band is a modern-day reboot of West Texas country legends, the Flatlanders, an early 70s act out of Lubbock, Texas. They helped launch the careers of Joe Ely, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, and Butch Hancock. Maybe that's why I kept wanting to call these guys the Flatlanders earlier. Probably. <laughs> Don't you think the only ones of those guys I've heard of is Joe Ely? Surely you've heard of, what was the other guy, Jimmy Dale Gilmore? I don't recognize the name, but... Yeah, that's how I feel. Let's go ahead and grade this thing. Man, I don't know where to grade this. Um, maybe a B-. minus. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like I said, there's a few songs that I really like, but not they're not top-tier stuff. No. Even though I really like them, they're not, you know... Yeah, well, with the possibly the exception of West Texas in my eye, I don't think I'm going to be adding any of these to a playlist. And But conversely, I would also not be upset if I was driving somewhere or just had my shit on shuffle and one of these songs came on. So Yeah, the, I mean, I'm going to leave the album in my shuffle playlist for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's – I don't know how much I'll go back to it. Except for West Texas MI, like you said, maybe Panhandle Slim. Yeah. Um, it's like I said, yeah. Even though there's some really good songs on it, it's not. It's just not up there with the likes of the Whiskey Meyer stuff, you know. <laughs> no. It's not, not, not that. All. It's not top shelf. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's also not really our brand of country music either, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we're not as much into the Texas scene as we are in the red dirt scene. Yeah. So, but it's definitely worth checking. I mean, you know, and I enjoyed it enough that if they do stick together and release another one, I'll listen to it. Yeah, for sure. I can't say that I'll go, I definitely don't feel the need to go track down any of their Solo work and check it out, although I am interested in enough, I guess, that I might check out a Cleto Cordero or William Clark Green. Yeah, I want to. I, I do want to check out the two guys that I haven't heard their solo stuff before. Yeah. So at least it accomplished that, if nothing else. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, that's another new one down. So. And we continue to roll through new music here on Whiskey and Woe. Stick with us and keep your ears open. We'll talk to you later.